I Know a Guy is brought to you by Ollie's generic weather app. Everyone is their own damn weatherman during a rain delay. Why not simplify things by getting straight to the facts? Just pull up the app and know in seconds what you can already see outside. It's going to rain. And it's hot. Ollie's generic weather app. Just look the f*** outside. time once again welcome back to another episode of i know a guy spencer siegel with you it's been a while last time that we did anything it was march and things got a little crazy since then so now it's time to get back and into the action of miracle baseball and a little bit of nba mlb we've got it all for you here today and the guys that i know today we bring in we've got joey denton the video coordinator for the Minnesota Twins and Fort Myers Miracle, and then Alan Woody Woodard, who is the public address voice of the Miracle as well. You guys have been watching Miracle Baseball all year long. Great to have you both on. Good to be here. Thank you. Now, let's start with Miracle Baseball. That's where we're headed, and we'll get into some of the other stuff later, but before we get to Miracle Baseball, I wanted to get your guys' background because that's how we start our show, and let's start with you, Joey. Tell me about your fandom, and then maybe a little bit about what you what you do as well with the miracle. Uh, most I grew up a huge Twins fan. Uh, all my family is in Minnesota, so just to get an offer to work for the Twins was a no-brainer. So you are the video coordinator for the Fort Myers Miracle. Can you just explain what that means? Uh, basically, I just set up cameras when we're on the road uh, and chart games, so I separate the video so they could just look up their own video instead of looking, just looking through a three-hour MP4. You know, just basically just separate things, categorize hard hits, um, just so they can easily find their video. Also, I do a lot of stats. They usually ask me to look up certain things, certain counts, what happens when they get this count or in this situation. That way they can have a good understanding of what's coming at them. So just to simplify it for everybody then, you're basically taking a three-hour baseball game and condensing it down to pitch by pitch. Yeah. And that doesn't really give you a whole lot of sleep, I think you've told me. No, and on the road. Because he's got the amp energy can right next to him right now. Yeah. No, post-game stuff. When you do this, like, I'm always just amped up at night. Because after post-game, I just you get to watch the game again, basically. And you get to really analyze what happened and get a really good look at how guys are doing. And you get it's fun this year. I've noticed it's so much fun to watch these guys progress get better or struggle and look at fundamentals that they do and they change and it's really fun. Joey gets amped up drinking Amp Energy too, so then we have our first fake advertisement. Let's move our attention over to Woody here. Alan Woodard, public address announcer for the Fort Myers Miracle. First full season doing that and uh, let's just start first with where your fandom lies. I'm originally from Pennsylvania, so I'm following the Phillies best I can. Uh, I got into announcing in college, just doing minor, you know, volleyball games, field hockey, lacrosse, does anything new to be around sports. I'm always following up, I'm always talking to people about, you know, how can this player do better? How can we uh, improve? Uh, gotten in with the Miracle with our general manager, Andrew Seymour. 
offering positions. I told him I do announcing for a lot of games in the Fort Myers area. I'll do basketball games, I'll do football games. Uh, my major was sports management, so I've been in sports for the past 15 years. What's the toughest part about being a PA announcer? The hardest part is knowing the names. So each day I come in, I look, I see look the rosters and say, all right, I know this guy, I know this guy. Our guys I can get down pretty well because we've been doing it for you know an entire season. But when an opposing team comes in, you get a ridiculous name. Toughest or, name so far this year. Uh, toughest name probably. I think my first week we did a game and I had to call. Uh, surprisingly, not Theophanopoulos, but that's yeah, he's our guy. Yeah, he's our guy. pretty easy. But it's kind of like the the Uranuas or the the biases, the the Chineas. I think I I messed up Chris Chinea's name, call him Chinia a few times. But okay, so basically any Hispanic name that's out there, Woody's gonna have a problem with. Or long long name or something. They, those names that are spelled differently, but they're the same. You're like they say it this way, they say it another way. The the pro guys are usually okay with this. Just the high school kids are like, man, you said my name wrong, and I'm like, well, you didn't tell me your name, and no one knows your name, so I'm gonna say it the way I say it. But once you get into a rhythm and a habit, it's, it's not that hard. All right, so right before we get into Miracle Baseball, quick answer: Your teams are my teams are baseball is the Phillies, football is the Eagles, basketball is the Sixers, hockey. I do follow hockey. It's going to be the Flyers for college sports. Uh, basketball. I went to school at Temple University, so I follow them. I follow North Carolina basketball. Pretty much up north, you kind of follow your hometown. You don't really, it's fabo to kind of jump around to other teams, especially if your team's not doing well. So For sure. You're supposed to stick with, you know, the, the team you have, you, you grew up with, because when they're successful, they love you. If they're not and you jump to the team, you kind of get a little bit of rags and, oh, well, you're following them like the thousands of Warrior fans are, are here right now in this area, and that's probably no one here that lives in Oakland, so... Well, as a Philadelphia fan, I pray for you, and um, and we'll get into it a little bit later about trusting the process. We'll get there. Also, uh, Joey, your teams? Uh, football, the Kansas City Chiefs, basketball, the Timberwolves, baseball, Twins, and the Wild for hockey. And then in college, uh, Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes for pretty much any sport. And didn't you have a national championship in hockey as well? For college? Was it a Division Two national? No. It was oh, Division Division One. We, our hockey team in college was number one. We were number one ranked. Number one ranked and, in the championship. Yeah, we know championship. Okay. We, we went to the NCAA tournament my senior year. Number one ranked in the whole country. Minnesota State and, Mankato. And we lost first game. Wow. To the number sixteen seed. So the Gonzaga of college basketball, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or college hockey, is Minnesota State Mankato. So yep. as we know, it happens not only in basketball with tournament, it happens in hockey too, where you, you be the, the top team and ranked high, and then all of a sudden you catch a team you on catch, a good day. And you catch a hot goalie, and it all it's just how the puck lands. Isn't that how the Predators got into the Stanley Cup final? You have you have a goalie, you have a really good goalie, you have a good chance. All right, and that's all the hockey talk that we're doing <laughs> for today. Moving forward, let's talk Miracle Baseball, boys. It has been an up and down season to say the least. You guys have seen it from start to finish, as have I. And I, for people that haven't been following along, which is probably 97% of the people that are listening right now, what do you have to tell them about this team? What do you, I'll start with you. I'll say the first half you saw glimpses of this team could be pretty good, but the one thing that was a constant with this team was the hitting and the scoring. Pitching has been there throughout the entire season, and every now and then, you know, we'll get some power, but it's just scoring the runs. Like most of the games, the first half of the season were 
run one two run games and you think can we pull it out and then either they they can or something falls apart and but you you knew like they had the pieces there to do it and first half we got a couple walk off home runs or nine inning you know comeback victories but finishing 33 and 35 it, it kind of matched right where they were and just inconsistent hitting pitching has been okay obviously injuries hurt them early but the second half of the year you know, there's been a tear and it seems like they're clicking and it seems to be rolling along right now. So we're excited for the second half of the season to see what they do. We talked about that there was some turnover right at the second half, the start of the second half, with new guys coming from Cedar Rapids, which is the low-A affiliate of the Twins, Miracle, or of course the Advanced Day affiliate of the Twins. And with those new guys coming in, the team has, has taken off. They're 11-3 and at home in the second half. And at one point, and I'm not sure, I don't think right now they're at that point, but about a week ago, they had the best win percentage in the second half in all of minor league baseball. So, Joey, looking at this team from the beginning of the year until now, you and I have seen there are not a whole lot of big, can't-miss prospects. But now, the team is playing like a baseball team and starting to get some momentum and win, and that can be fun to watch for a lot of people. Yeah, as soon as the Cedar Rapids guys came up, it's been totally different from the just the team aspect. Uh, not to say that the guys over here weren't that way, but even from day one, you just noticed that, you know, what they were doing in Cedar Rapids. I mean, you watch the team that won the first half, and when you bring the best guys from that team up, you really get to know and find out why that happened. First few games, you can probably agree with me that when those guys came in, you could definitely tell that they had a different mentality and it brought the team up uh, all together. So they got the addition of these new guys, and Woody, I'll turn to you. We've seen the team go on an eight-game winning streak as early as last week, and now this week they start to falter just a little bit. They're they're now we'll losers. They're losers of five of their last eight. So where do you see this season headed? Uh, what the schedule they have is going to be pretty hard. I mean, we're still playing teams from the north, like we the Yankees in town right now. They just came back from Bradenton, which is the team you have to beat. Yeah, for, for those who don't know, there's there's a divisional race going on in the South right now. As it stands right now, Fort Myers on this Saturday, July 22nd, Fort Myers is a game up on Bradenton, but Bradenton holds the tiebreaker. So it's really like Fort Myers is a half a game up as it stands. And as we go down the stretch, the two teams that will contend for the division title will be Bradenton and Fort Myers. But Fort Myers has to face the Tampa Yankees, the Lakeland Flying Tigers eight times, who are currently a team that's right atop the division in the FSL North. The Clearwater Threshers, they've got to face, I believe it's eight times as well. On the other side, the Marauders, Bradenton, they've got a little bit of a cakier schedule, mainly because they get the Daytona Tortugas seven more times this year. And the Daytona Tortugas, for those who don't know, great team name, great minor league baseball name. However, not such a great team in the second half. They're three and 23 in the second half. That's three wins, 23 losses, and a dazzling .115 win percentage. So, as you mentioned, Woody, it gets a little bit tougher for Fort Myers down the stretch, but, Joey, based on what you've seen from the team, can they turn it around? Oh, yeah. When you have pitching like this team has, it will always keep you in games. Uh, the offense has been stagnant, but we've seen when they turn it on that it also just pushes over into the pitching and their fielding. When they hit well, Everything seems to fly. Uh, we steal bases. We get aggressive. 
I feel like uh, since the second half started, I feel like we can compete with anybody. I have every expectation of winning every game when we go out there. It wasn't that way necessarily in the first half, but then even when we get to Bradenton, it wasn't lopsided at all. It was pretty close all the way through. So I, I feel like we can compete anybody with, especially in the North. The Miracle at home entering yesterday's game, they were 21 and three when scoring the first run of the game. And yesterday we saw that it actually went the other way. They, they grabbed a loss after scoring the first run in the third inning. So things fell apart a little bit in the fourth for them. So uh, the Miracle, as we wrap up this here before we move on to our next topic, let's give the people a little bit of an idea of some of who some of these guys are. But I don't, we don't have time to get into all 25 guys on the roster. So for each one of you, take a, a second. Think about one player that people who don't know about this team should start to get to know moving forward, especially in the coming years of potentially, maybe, being a Minnesota twin someday. I'm real big on his defensive work on Jalen Davis. I mean, offensively, you know, he's batting 227. Uh, with 20 hits, about 15 RBIs. Uh, but I think given time, if he gets on a roll, you put him in the right lineup, like he's he's very solid defensively. And and I'll say too, Jalen Davis with that batting average, it might not be the highest that you've seen, but this he's got tremendous power. And we all know that our hitting coach, Steve Singleton, said that he's probably got top three percentile power in terms of all the players encompassing baseball, period, minor and major leagues. And... And that's that's pretty high praise, but a 227 batting average is tough because when you come to the Florida State League, he's one of the guys that came from Cedar Rapids. You have to think about the fact that we're in Florida and the ball just doesn't fly here. So if you've got that big power and you're trying to hit home runs, they're going to end up falling short of the warning track. Yeah, which I think he'll figure it out. And like he reminds me a lot, especially batting wise, with um, Zach Granite, who was here last year, and a player where you know he had the potential, but he needs it to click. And Granite's now playing for the Twins. You know, had a good game last night. But I think Jalen Davis is a guy where if he can get on a roll and shows his power, like he didn't see the Rapids, he can be a big help for this ball game, ball right. team, second half. Jalen Davis for Woody. What about you, Joey? Uh, one thing that stands out to me is uh, Sam Clay. Uh, he's been a showstopper. Anytime we needed a save, anytime we needed a one, two, three inning, or to not give it runs, we sent him out there. Uh, last year, he opened my eyes with him is just how he's uh, gone about his business. Uh, last year, he came over from Cedar Rapids as a starter, still struck out a lot of people, but struggled with command, and he still kind of does. ERA was, I believe, high fives, right? Yeah, so they moved him to the pen, and after his first outing in Jupiter, it's been lights out ever since. Uh, even in Bradenton, we bases loaded, we brought him in because that's the guy, we, that's our go-to guy. Unbelievable breaking ball. It's probably one of the best I've seen in this league. Uh, and then you add his fastball and get up to 95, 96. It's really tough for people to hit. Yeah, especially for a left-hander. And you mentioned the first outing of the season in early April for Clay. He gave up six earned runs over two-thirds of an inning. Since that time, he's pitched 44 innings and given up two runs. He has two separate streaks, uh, scoreless inning streaks, one of 25 and one that's still currently going on that's approaching 20. So definitely impressive shutdown stuff from Clay. Surprised he hasn't been called up to double-A Chattanooga yet, that's for sure. I think the guy uh, that I look at top to bottom on this roster that, that I like to see, in just in terms of maybe not necessarily making a major league roster someday, I mean, you never know, 
but Sean Miller has been the MVP of the Miracle yeah. from start to finish this year. And he's a small guy. His nickname is Bones. He played shortstop in the first half before Jermaine Palacios came from Cedar Rapids. He moved over to second base. Miller's 5'11", 170, soaking wet. And he comes from a Division II school, South Carolina Aiken. He plays fantastic defense. All of his base hits, they're not always hit very hard, but the old expression, hit them where they ain't, he finds the hole, whether it's through the shortstop into left field or along the right side, up the middle, whatever it is, and he's come up with a couple of very clutch hits for Fort Myers recently, including in that series in Bradenton where they needed a win this past week against the Marauders. Down two to nothing, the Miracle had nothing going offensively. Miller, who hit his first Florida State League home run earlier in the week after 332 at-bats over two years in this league, Miller connects with his second Florida State League home run in the top of the eighth in a 2-0 game. It was a two-run shot to tie the game, and then the Miracle end up winning it in the ninth. So Sean Miller is my Miracle MVP, and you hope that he becomes an organizational type of guy and that maybe one day he does get a shot. So that'll do it for Miracle Baseball Talk. As we move forward, the rest of the second half will come down to the wire, and we'll have our end-of-the-year discussion on the Miracle in early September once we get down to the end of the race. But let's take a quick break. We'll bring it right back here on I Know a Guy. Talk about the NBA here with Woody Woodard and Joey Denton. This segment of I Know a Guy is brought to you by Carmel Anthony's Travel Agencies. If you need to get out of there, he'll get you out. Whether it's Houston or that big hot spot, Cleveland, Ohio, if you're not happy where you're at, talk to Carmelo. He'll ship you out. I know a guy is also brought to you by the Baby Baller brand, the exclusive athletic wear of middle brother LiAngelo Ball. When you're not as good as your other siblings, just ride off their coattails and make that money. Baby Baller brand, cherry pick until your balls drop. to I Know A Guy here on this July 22nd. Spencer Siegel, knowing Joey Denton and Alan Woody Woodard. I'm just going to start calling you Woody. It's going to make things a lot easier. It's with Spencer Siegel, Joey Denton, and Woody. And we're going to talk a little NBA now for you. Now, we briefly touched on your two fandoms earlier. Joey, we're going to start with you with the Minnesota Timberwolves, which I know will anger a lot of people in Chicago. And then Woody will get to the process momentarily. But first things first, Joey, you got Tom Thibodeau as your coach for year number two. You got Jimmy Butler coming over. and You're the Timberwolves fan. I'm the Bulls fan. And we were in the same place at the same time when that Jimmy Butler trade went down. Your initial reaction after the trade, and now that you've had a couple of weeks to process it, where your head's at now? Uh, when I first saw it, I was first they didn't add that they, we were going to get their first round pick. Uh, I wasn't too thrilled with it, and then I realized that we got their middle round or their mid middle first round pick, and I was like, all right, this is this will this will actually work. But I'm a huge Levine fan. Just the way he's been progressing and how athletic he is. Granted. We won't know what if he's gonna be back to 100% like he is, because his 100% is ridiculous. They said that he was actually expected to make it back in time for the beginning of the season. They assume now it wasn't expected to be that way, but he's progressing well. Uh, and then after a few days, you know, I just it just clicked that we were getting a top 15 player in the league, and I was just all for it at that point because the team is so young that it really needs to have a veteran that's in their prime. We brought in KG, Tayshawn Prince, guys who can lead us and help us, but 
they when they're on the floor it is just they were they're done they're post prime and uh, as much as you can help them with leadership but you know that's that's two players that are taking time from younger guys so I'm, I'm all for this trade it's time we've been waiting for this for a while it's been so bad since the 0304 season is uh, it the longest playoff drought among any of the 30 teams I want to say or maybe I want to say Sacramento yeah maybe is longer uh, right about the same right, years. yeah but we're we're pretty close and it's been pretty bad so we're ready we're ready to see some good veterans come in well and just to anger bulls fans a little bit more and believe me i'm one of them just to make you shake your head a little bit uh it was, just came out today actually that kyrie irving said that the bulls were one of the teams that he wanted to be traded to until they traded jimmy butler so what could have been and now what is turning into a straight rebuild for the bulls and personally i don't feel like spending a whole lot of time diving into it but it is what it is you got to call it what it is it's a rebuild and i was high on lowry markinen when he was playing at arizona i thought he was one of the best players in the draft obviously outside of the top one or two that were clearly going to go one and two overall with ball and fultz but the rebuild is what it is and now there's a different kind of rebuild going on in Minnesota, and that's with Butler, Thibodeau, Taj Gibson, Jamal Crawford. So, Joey, I'm going to play a little game with you, and, and this is a very simple, it's a yes or no game, and it's called, Would You Take This Former Bull? And that is to add on to your team of already 2000 and 2010s Super Bulls. So with Gibson, Crawford, and Butler, uh, let's, I guess, just start. We'll, we'll make it simple. How about Derrick Rose? No. He says no. Okay, that's fine. Um, onward then. We, we move forward. Let's go Joakim Noah. Do I have to pay him that much? <laughs> no, this, isn't, this, isn't, this isn't really about salary as much as it, is, as it is about would you take this player on your team? Yes. Okay, Joakim Noah added as, as likely a leadership piece, of course. Luol mm-hmm. Deng. Yes. Yes, another yes. All right, so we've added Noah, we've added Deng, we've kept Rose out. Okay, uh, Tyson Chandler. But... The caveat is you have to also include Eddie Curry. No. No Tyson Chandler or Eddie Curry. Tyson Chandler's won an NBA championship. Okay, fine. Uh, Tyrus Thomas. No. No. No, Tyrus, no. No Tyrus Thomas. Larry Hughes. Ooh, yeah, I'll take him. He wants Larry Hughes. He wants the second best player on the 2007 Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Would you take Michael Carter Williams back? MCW? Yeah. I, I'd take i take the Sixers one, yeah. What about Dwayne Wade? Yes, I would take Dwayne Wade. That one you do have to pay him all of his twenty million. Alright. Uh then yeah, still do it. And then my last one, Dougie McBuckets, Dougie. Yeah, Dermot. for sure. Iowa boy. Yeah, yeah, get him in there. One more for you. Fred Hoiberg. Like please take him. Player or coach? Take no, like right now. He can be a player he, coach for us. <laughs> we need a three point shooter, so he can just stand out. As long as you just stand out there and shoot, he can be a player coach. Maybe all right. We'll take him. All right, so my question is for Spencer is we're expensing to the Bulls here, and probably the question that popped in your head is I'm pretty sure the question that popped into everyone's head when that trade went down is what were the Bulls thinking? <laughs> you know, a lot of people are down on the trade, and I'm not one of them that's going to do that because, I, look, whatever Gar Foreman and John Paxson or Gar Pax as they are known as in Chicago, whatever they're doing, I don't personally understand it, but I'm going to stand by it until they're not with the team anymore and whenever if that's this year if that's five years from now ten years from now i have no choice for a couple of reasons number one because i can't speak out 
poorly about the Bulls. If I do, I might not get that job in 10, 15 years, and I'm looking to be their play-by-play guy. So that'll take some time. But whatever they're doing, trust the process. Woody, you know all about that. Oh, yeah. Okay, so with Lowry Markinen and Chris Dunn and Zach Levine and the young guys that they had previously with Bobby Portis, I like what Denzel Valentine can do if he can get a little muscle on his bones. I have no choice but to trust it. I'm wondering where the veteran leadership is going to come with Rondo mm-hmm. gone and Wade essentially checked out. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be a good teammate, but at the same time, he wants to win a ring before his days are done, and his days are almost done. So he may or may not be gone by the end of the year. We don't know. So whatever it is, I'm going to be resigned to the fact that we're not going to be a 30-win team likely in the NBA this year. We're going to get shit on by the Cavs, the, well, maybe not the Cavs anymore, but the Bucks, like the, the team that lives about an hour and a half north of us, they're going to destroy us in probably all four games that we play them this year. And that's the most disheartening thing. But you know what? Let the young guys learn. We got to do what we do. And that is a perfect transition to where you're at as we move to the Philadelphia 76ers. Trust the process. Entrusting the process. And where is the process at? The process, to me, is now going to the transition now. So, obviously, it's been five awful, awful years of basketball and, you know, tanking for whoever the top pick is, drafting that top pick, that top pick not playing for an entire year because he got injured in the summertime. Like three times, basically. Three times, and B was out, Sims was out, uh, Noel was out, but then... Noel was kind of a victim of circumstance because then you draft Okafor and then you have two guys who are like, well, we can't use both. This one is a, a liability on the defensive end, one's a liability on the offensive end. But where they're at now, I see as now they're done with the tanking of games and now looking to move forward. I, I like this core right now with, with Fultz and Simmons and Embiid. And a lot of it is going to play off of how Embiid can stay healthy throughout the season. Because you saw for a month of January with a healthy Embiid, this team is not only dynamic but exciting to watch. And it got people excited back home. And now with the additions of uh, Fultz coming in, and they brought over some overseas guys. Saris was playing pretty good this season. I feel he should have won Rookie of the should've, Year. I think he should have been Rookie of the but, Year. But he didn't. And now you add J.J. Redick, which was the one guy you were missing was a straight-up shooter. And this guy can shoot, and he wanted to come here. So it lets you know when when Reddick signed and said he wanted to come here for this reason. That's when you know, all right, it's starting to the click forward. In the five years of getting ragged on by everyone in the league and being a joke on every sport sports news show about what they're doing, and now I think it's gonna it's gonna turn around. So the process, we're we're out of the process now. We're now going to the the transition. The transition. But doesn't it seem like there's a little bit too much of an expectation on this team to perform well where if they don't and keep in mind, Joel Embiid does not even have half of an NBA season under his belt. Ben Simmons has not played a single NBA game and neither has Markel Fultz. So in order to sort of ask those three guys to carry a team to even a five hundred record, don't you think that's a little bit too much to ask? I think the way these kids are and how competitive they want to be and they want to go on the court, it won't be too much of a stretch. Now is everyone in Philly saying, oh, we're going to be one of the top teams in the East? No, no one's saying that. You know, even before uh, the signing of Redick, I, I would see them getting no more than probably like a five seed, five, six. I mean, in our in our conference, 
I think five or six is a stretch. I, I think that's asking a lot. I think I, he'd be happy to get an eight seed. This, yeah, this team reminds me a lot of when the, the Wolves got cat. Like every like the three the three guys that they had, and they're all twenty years old and twenty one. Like these guys are all extremely young, and it's gonna take. I've seen it. We we got on the we, last year. I got on the board. Like I was like eighth seed. I think we can get eighth, seventh seed, and we didn't even come close. Like yeah. it's it's so. Like they're gonna find out how difficult it is, and then at the same time, but at the same time, it's the East. Like I don't. It is the East, but I see that's right there. When you say five or six seed, that tells me that most Philadelphia fans have expectations set way too high. Within the whole thing, plays off of if this team is healthy. Yeah. If this team's healthy, then maybe they have their cap at knocking on a five. But if if they play to the young potential, maybe they sneak in as a eight seed or surprise to be a seven seed. I know there's a. I know it's the summer league, but everybody freaks out about summer league now. Chicago uh, Bulls, twenty sixteen summer league champions. <laughs> yeah, we bring that. Let's just bring that back. That was that was a great game. It was though. the Denzel Valentine show. Yeah, and Tyus Jones went off. It was a great great game. But the the few games I saw Ben Simmons, his passing of court awareness is unreal, and I'm really excited to see him. Play. I really hope he plays well. I hope they all do. Like I'm excited for this Seventy Sixers team. I think one thing, one person that gets, that should get all the credit and and is is Brett Brown, for what he's been doing and what. If there's anybody in the world that deserves his team to turn it around, it's this guy, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. He has been through hellfire and then some, so I hope that he, for his sake. The Sixers turned things around. And that's the one thing you saw with this team was even throughout the fans out there was for as bad as the team was, no one was screaming for him to get fired because they knew how good of a coach he was. You just understand that, you know, you don't have the pieces. So so it's hard to be successful when you don't have the tools to be successful. So it's it's gonna be exciting, you know, if we'll be I'd be disappointed if they don't hit that high playoff seed. No. Like we'll be should they make the playoffs, I think that's not a unrealistic expectation to say that they don't at least fight for a playoff seed this year. Well, the process has begun and turned into the transition. Summer League basketball is over, which means it's time to start looking forward to the NBA preseason and regular season. And one thing I think we can all agree on, the Summer League was far more entertaining than the Big Three Basketball League. Mm -hmm. We will take a break and then bring it on back and we'll do a little bit of baseball here at the Major League level before we get going and wrap things up on I Know A Guy. Spencer Siegel, Woody, and Joey Denton hanging out here right in the Fort Myers Miracle home of Hammond Stadium. We'll be back. Back on I Know A Guy. Well, that was a quick commercial break. Just kidding. No commercials here. We don't do commercials. No. We are back with Spencer Siegel and Joey Denton and Woody. Take you around the Major League Baseball scene just briefly as we look towards the trade deadline, which is coming up at the end of this week. It is a time where teams are considered buyers and sellers, but I don't really buy into the whole buyers-sellers thing. We're still going to do it anyway. I want you guys to give me one team that's going to buy, that needs to buy, before the trade deadline is over with, and then one team that doesn't necessarily need to buy to stay in the race. They can just sort of stand pat with what they have and not risk whatever is in their farm system to make things happen. So, Woody, we'll start with you. A team that I think probably just stand pat be the Boston Red Sox I think the way they're developing with their young guys in the outfield and their, their bats and you know solid pitching they they should be good you know sale is going lights out right now so I think they're they're pretty good uh 
Red Sox, by the way, 55 and 43, and in first place by three and a half games over the Yankees and Rays. A team I think that needs maybe to buy to stay with it should be the Milwaukee Brewers. I know they've been kind of disappointing, inconsistent with, you know, a little bit of everything, but they've been hitting pretty well. And then ESPN reported that they may make a trade for Ian Kinsler. Maybe that's the, the pop they need. Who knows when you have a guy in his 30s, but I think if the Brewers want to make this run and and hold off, you know, the, the central with the Cubs right behind them, and then you got the Pirates who may or may not make a run, I think the Milwaukee Brewers should probably make a run. Well, with the Brewers, they need a, some sort of starter that's going to give them, that put them over the top. I mean, all of their starters are all interchangeable. They're all the same people. Zach Davies, Jimmy Nelson, Chase Anderson, Willie Peralta, Matt Garza. I and mean, those are all the same people. I feel like one guy that puts them over the top can then bring everybody else down a notch because they're all fine pitchers. Bring them down a notch, make things happen. All right, so the Red Sox are going to stay put, according to Woody. Brewers need to buy. Joey Denton? Uh, the team that needs to buy for me are right now the Yankees. While that's just a weird thing to say, they can do a lot of damage buying. Their farm system is pretty much, like they pretty much, they have Torres, but then there's not much, whole lot they offer besides big contract guys right now. And I don't think, I don't think the rotation is good enough to go far right now at this point. Uh, Pineda just is down with Tommy John now. Obviously you're, they're setting up, they already know that and they're setting up for bullpen. They got Robertson back. But they're, I mean, their offense is really good right now. So uh, you're saying they need to buy after what they've already done with getting Frazier, Robertson, and Canley? Yeah. It's it's huge to start, especially if you're getting a wild card game. I mean, I think, is their guy going to be Tanaka? This, the rotation is not good enough for a five-game, seven-game series. You can only pitch Chapman for, half, you know, four innings, you know, last Joe Madden. Like, you only could do so much. With and even then. Guy. And even then, it didn't work out very well for, for Rodas, but All right, who's good where they are? Uh, Houston. Uh, I think Houston, right now, I mean, yeah, I think it was a 17-game lead right now in their division. They can just coast through this, make sure everybody's healthy. Uh, I do think their rotation is better. I feel like they can compete with that. And then they get to their bullpen, and it's lights out from there. Houston 64-32, and 32, 17 games ahead of the second-place Seattle Mariners' best record in the American League. Well, for me, I'm going to stick with the team that's got the best record, although it's the best record in baseball. The Los Angeles Dodgers are fine. People are talking about them needing to acquire another starting pitcher. I don't understand it. Clayton Kershaw, Alex Wood, even Rich Hill, Kenta Maeda, those guys are all good enough to win you a series. As long as Kershaw can show up in the playoffs, their offense is going to be just fine. They don't need to add anything anywhere. Name me one hole, especially after Cody Bellinger came up. They might be the best team to ever play based on the record that they're putting out right now. And that's the Dodgers being just fine and okay. On the buying side, let's talk about the Kansas City Royals. This is probably their last chance. Eric Hosmer, Alicides Escobar, Lorenzo Cain, and Mike Moustakas. Those four guys all have new contracts coming up after this year. Are they going to be able to keep all of those guys? Probably not. Is this their last run, a team that made back-to-back -back World Series? Probably. So why not go out and pay for a starting pitcher, which they desperately need? They need somebody that can get out like a Johnny Cueto and be their horse once the playoffs come around, if they can get there, if they believe they can get there, and I think they can. They have themselves a shot. They're 48 and 47. They're a game and a half behind the Indians for first place in the Central, and they've won three straight now, too. They're a team that can certainly get things going, and we know that they can get hot in October, so why not? 
Go out and make one last effort and take a bye and see what you can do. It's time for the 96 and a half second dash to the finish line. Here we go. And that'll do it here for I Know a Guy. We're going to wrap things up now. Joey Denton, Woody, thank you guys for joining me here on the first episode back since March. It feels good to be back. We talked a little Miracle Baseball, some NBA, some MLB. Final thoughts? I'm excited for this next season for the NBA. You know, we'll see what happens with the process. Excited for the second half of Miracle Baseball this year. Hoping to make that run that playoff push and we're ready to see what the trade line holds for MLB baseball. That was Woody. Joey Denton? Uh, this division in the uh, Forest State League is going to be pretty tight coming down, especially with Bradenton playing well right now. Uh, I think we can compete with anybody. And then the Wolves, I mean, there's so much to look forward to and I'm too excited. I can't wait for it. That was Joey Denton. That was Woody. It was great getting to know both of you guys. I appreciate the time, and we'll hopefully have you back shortly. In the meantime, be looking out. You can follow us, well, on social media. We'll be getting things out. We'll be getting out our episode. It is available on SoundCloud. That's probably where you're listening to it right now. I know a guy is back. We're going to have ourselves a good time here in Fort Myers. Spencer Siegel signing off. Until next time, folks, have yourself a great week. Adios. Adios.